The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Good morning. Rain, beautiful rain. We love it. And if we were to um, sit here for a moment in sort of a holy silence and listen very, very, very carefully, listen more carefully, far beyond the, uh, the sound of air conditioning and heating and insulation and all of that stuff, we would hear the sprinkle of that rain on the roof. And the sprinkle of that rain on the roof ought to give us as much joy as, as a handful of June's grandkids getting sprinkles on their ice cream cones. Because it brings joy. It brings a joy when we get some rain. And we ought not to let anything in this world rob us of such simple joys when the Lord sends us something. Now, even if it's not the mega El Nino that's going to gully wash and fill the reservoirs and everything, he is sending us a little sprinkle today on our ice cream cone. He is sending us a little touch of his presence, and it does come from him. Let no one ever rob that of you. Droughts and rain from the hand of the Lord. And he, today, he's sending us a very gentle rain right now, which I understand is going to turn heavy. But he's sending it to us. We ought not to let this world rob us of the pure and simple joy of gratitude toward those things that the Lord sends us. Such a familiar story we have today. It is a story we have had many times before. It is a story I have preached on many times before. It is one of the first things that little kids in Sunday schools and atriums and everything else all around the world. It's one of the first stories that they really learn. My mother taught it to me before kindergarten. She, as a matter of fact, uh, she used it as um, an object lesson to help me to eat broccoli. And actually, we passed this, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, uh, and actually, we pass this on to our children. If you take a broccoli floret and flip it upside down with the stalk part down below, she used to say, that's a sycamore tree. That's a sycamore tree, just like the one that Zacchaeus climbed up into. Isn't that wonderful? Now eat it. <laughs> I, can, I can still hear her saying that. And I can still hear her singing. And I can still hear my father-in-law speak, my father uh, speaking to us in Sunday school. And I can hear them singing uh, and, and doing those flannel graph stories that we used to do. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And from that, from that, we began to place ourselves in that moment, in that moment in the history of our salvation. Now, to really appreciate the lesson of today, to really appreciate this story about Zacchaeus, I would suggest that we need to go back about 30 years before this incident actually happened. 
about the time that the Lord Jesus himself was born. There was born in another place in Israel, one whose birth was not attended by angels, and his birth was not a matter where, where wise men came from afar and shepherds came to greet him because the angels told them they must go to this place. But nonetheless, the birth of this other young boy somewhere in Israel was a moment of great hope and joy for his parents. It was the rain on the roof sent from God. It was a moment of joy where God had given a gift. And so it should be, so should there be joy and hope at the birth of every child. And at the proper time, his faithful Jewish parents took the boy to the temple as we bring our children to this temple, as the parents of Jesus brought him to the temple. They brought the boy and lifted him up and prayed that he would be faithful to God. And like the ruler, the writer of the Hebrews, they prayed that the boy would have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. They saw the beauty that God had created in this infant that they had been given, this infant, this child in their arms. And so they gave him a name that speaks of this promise. They gave him the name Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, which translated means the pure, and innocent one. The pure and innocent one. What a thing to hang on a kid. What a thing to live up to. And they raised him up. And as they raised him up, they called out that name. Perhaps even when he was messing up, they'd call out Zacchaeus, the same way my mother used to call John Stephen, John Stephen. <laughs> they called out Zacchaeus, but every time they called out Zacchaeus, it was a reminder to that child and to them that he was pure and innocent one at his birth, that he had been given a high calling. They called this out in the hope that one day he would fulfill it to the fullest, in the fullness of all of what it meant, the promise of that potential. But in his youth, like so many of ours, he rebelled against them and he rejected the conscience of the law. He rejected the conscience of his parents. And he became, as he grew older, something that rejected it even more. Not only that rejected the conscience of his parents and the law, but the very conscience of the society around him of the culture into which he was born, he began to choose the dark side. He became an IRS agent. <laughs> he became a collector of taxes, and he used that privilege in the way that many through the ages have. He used that power and privilege given him by the state to amass a huge fortune at the expense of his neighbors. The evil root of the love of money 
so entangled, this, this son of Abraham, born with all this promise, so entangled him that he seemed to have forgotten the promise of the name that had been given to him. But the Savior was passing nearby. And some long-forgotten urge stirred in him, perhaps the remembrance of what his name meant, what, what the translation of his name was. Some long-forgotten urge began to stir in his heart. He heard the talk in the marketplace about this Messiah who was coming, and somehow it drew him, perhaps even against his better thinking. He tried to barge his way through the crowd, but he was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He was small of stature. He could not get in for all the bigger folks that were there. He couldn't force his way through. So what did he use? He used sort of a, a, a natural in, uh, ingenuity that his parents had given him. He used those one of those things that he had used for bad, he used for good. He figured out a different way to work this particular scene. He sort of uh, reconned the, uh, the situation and found a different path to get around it. And so he climbed up into a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior was passing by, the Holy One of Israel looked up into the tree. As he was passing by, he who from all ages is pure, he who from all ages bears the image of God, he who from all ages is the very Son of God, was looking for Zacchaeus that day. He was looking for the one who had not lived up to the promise that he had been given. He was looking for the one who, like him, bore the image of the Father, but yet, unlike him, had not kept the image of the Father. One who had sullied the image of the Father. He knows us. He knows each one of us. He knows each one of us by name, by our success, by our promise, by our failure. He knows each one of us. He knows our name and our need. So our Lord stopped and he called out Zacchaeus by name. Our Lord saw in Zacchaeus the hope of the promise that Zacchaeus' parents had seen shining at his birth when they gave him the name pure and innocent one. Jesus had come to that crossroads to restore the image that had fallen. He called to Zacchaeus as he calls to each of you today, make haste, for I must stay at your house. He wants to come to our house and he wants to stay there. The pure and holy one comes to the house of the sinner who has fallen from purity and holiness. And when Jesus comes to your house, when Jesus comes to the house of us sinners, 
the grip of that sin is broken and we begin to change. We begin to be reconformed back into that from which we have fallen. We become, we begin to take on that image again, bright and shining and pure. And when he comes, we repent. In the restoration of repentance, and make no mistake, repentance is the beginning of restoration. If we are to be restored, we must repent. We must change from the direction we have been going to the direction back to him. In the restoration of repentance, fourfold of all that has been done wrong is voluntarily made right with great joy. There is a great and lovely passage in the Old Testament. I can't remember where it is, but it's always given me hope. It says that the Lord will restore the years that the locusts ate up. When the predators and the pests eat up your fields and steal your crops, steal those things precious to you, the Lord will restore them. He will restore all those things that have been taken. The cure begins. Salvation has come. He who had fallen from purity and innocence is about to be restored to it. And today the Lord comes not just to Zacchaeus. He comes to Zacchaeus today eternally in the moment of the gospel. If I may again, as I often have, play on the words of eternity and moment. There is a moment in eternity that we entered into in the gospel today. We have a moment in eternity ourselves at this intersection today. The Lord comes to each of us and he says, he calls to you, I must stay at your house. Our Lord sees the beauty and the purity that you were created for because, why? Because he made you that way. He used himself as the pattern when he made you. You are in his image. He sees that still, no matter what you've done with it. That's why he became incarnate when he saw that we had fallen. He came to restore the beauty of what we had fallen from. So when he looks at us, he does not see our sin, for his blood has washed away and covered all our iniquities. And though I know my sin, and my sin is ever before me, he looks at me and he sees the promise of purity and innocence. He looks at you, each one of you. He knows you by name. He knows your need. He looks at each one of you and he sees the promise of purity and innocence. Oh, that we might see ourselves that way. And may we see our children that way in all things. With joy, may we meet him in this house. For he has come here to stay with us and to fulfill the promise for which we too were born and lifted up into the temple. 
to the glory of God the Father. Amen.